This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. It's one of the most common and most polarizing questions new moms are asked. Do you plan to breastfeed? Today, we're tackling the many challenges facing moms today when it comes to breastfeeding, from the struggles of getting your new baby to latch, to underproducing, to what it's like to try and pump in the workplace today, even with protections moms now have that our mothers certainly didn't have. Plus, how much do you really have to breastfeed to get the benefits for both you and your baby? Everything you need to know about breastfeeding on Prescription for Life, straight ahead. Welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm Monica Robbins. It's estimated more than 80% of new moms breastfeed their newborns, but that number falls to 50% by the time the child reaches six months. And less than a third of kids are still being breastfed by their first birthday, despite the CDC and World Health Organization recommendations to breastfeed for 12 months. So what gives? Well, first, and you will hear us say this several times during this show, fed is best. Women have a thousand reasons why they decide formula feeding is the best choice for their child and their family. But for those women who do want to breastfeed, we want to look at the obstacles, the challenges, and some of the benefits that keep them trying. We'll talk to our Cleveland Clinic expert in just a moment, but first, let's hear what some mommy bloggers have to say about the realities of breastfeeding. Take a look. Breastfeeding is great for the baby, but also, you know, I don't think a mom should make herself ill trying. I tried everything. I tried, you know, the teas and the supplements and lactation consultants, and I tried these weird tubes that were supposed to, like, trick my breasts into thinking I was producing more milk. And it was just all so frustrating and all not worth it. My first child was actually very big, so they already gave him formula as soon as he came out and I had a C-section. You're going into the world feeling like you're failing at not breastfeeding. Just, you know, don't waste a minute of your time feeling like a failure. With my second, she had some issues, so she went to the NICU and was on tube feeding for a week. So it was kind of like, it was the choice was kind of made for me. I did supplement, I tried, but I just didn't produce a ton. When your baby is hungry in public, they don't actually care if you're standing in line with, you know, 20 other people at the post office. Um, they're starving and they don't, they don't care. I think you just have to do what's best for your child at the end of the day. My philosophy was always, if you want my, my baby to not be screaming her head off, <laughs> then she needs to be fed and her food is under my shirt. So, you know, you're gonna have to just, I guess, deal with that. As these women suggest, the struggle is real. One survey found that 60% of new moms reported breastfeeding is much harder than they thought it would be. 12% said it was so hard, they gave up entirely. So what is the best advice for a new mom wanting to try breastfeeding? For that, we turn to our expert at Cleveland Clinic. 
We are joined now by Dr. Heidi Suji, who is the director of the Breastfeeding Medicine Clinic at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I bet a lot of people don't know there is such a thing as a breastfeeding medicine clinic. So what is it that you do? Sure. So we opened about one year ago at Cleveland Clinic, and uh, we are a clinic of two physicians right now, but growing. Um, hoping to have more providers here in the next year. Um, we both are breastfeeding medicine physicians, so we're both pediatricians who uh, specialize in treating just breastfeeding medicine, uh, ju just breastfeeding infants um, and mothers. So we provide support and care to infants and mothers who need more providers or physician level support. Um, so Cleveland Clinic has for a long time had a great group of lactation consultants um, dating back to the to 1995, where they have worked in the inpatient side in the nursery, supporting moms when they have their babies, and then outpatient as well, doing one-on-one -on -one visits, doing um, support group visits, um, but. Patients and providers were asking for more physician or provider level support for when the challenges um, became a little bit more out of their scope. So let's talk about breastfeeding in general because mm -hmm. it can be a loaded topic for some women. Um, and we're gonna start right here. Fed is best. <laughs> this is no judgment. Um, and August is National Breastfeeding Awareness Month. So. There's been a resurgence in the last few years, and can you explain where, why the societal shift? Sure, sure. So breastfeeding rates have been increasing steadily over the last few decades, and I think it's really because we um, are now recognizing breastfeeding as its own scientific field, just like all of the other specialties out there. So there's more and more research being done, and we know that there are benefits to babies that receive breast milk or who directly breastfeed. Um, and those benefits are not just for the baby, but for the mother as well. So we know that babies that are breastfed um, or receive breast milk are at decreased risk for respiratory infections, both, both upper and lower respiratory infections. So we hear about RSV that was really bad this past year. Um, those babies are less likely to get RSV, and if they do happen to get RSV, less likely to need oxygen, or be in the hospital, um, they actually do better with their course of illness. Uh, less likely to suffer from GI infections like gastroenteritis or stomach bug, we call it. Um, less likely to have asthma. And then even down the line, as those babies grow up and are, are adults, they're less likely um, to have issues with obesity, cardiovascular disease, diabetes. So there's long-term effects as well and benefits. Um, for moms, we know that um, immediately postpartum less risk of postpartum hemorrhage, postpartum depression, um, if feeding's going well. And then even later on in life, um, there's, a, there's a decreased risk for cardiovascular disease, obesity, um, and a lot of cancers as well. So initially it was, you know, we knew ovarian cancer, um, breast cancer was less likely. Um, now there's studies showing that even um, thyroid cancer, there's less risk of that. So we're learning more and more about the benefits, and I think that's that's why um, more and more families want to provide breast milk to their babies. But formulas come a long way too. Yeah. Is, the, is there difference still? 
you yeah. know, just a wide gap. There is. So there, unfortunately, you know, as you said, formula has come a long way, but we, we can, you know, we can never make that formula exactly look like mom's breast milk. Um, so there's a lot of components to the breast milk antibodies that we just can't um, create or manufacture. Um, and those are the things that are, we, we know are providing some of those benefits and, and make that difference between the formula um, and the, the breast milk. There's even, um, you know, when babies exposed to things like RSV, for example, even just feeding at the breast, that saliva from the baby goes to the mom. Mom's um, system recognizes, um, oh, that baby has a virus, I'm gonna produce antibodies, and then those antibodies directly go to baby. So that's why we think that those babies do better with um, infections and things like that. So that's something that um, formula you know, can't replicate. And certainly there's times when um, you know, breastfeeding is challenging and moms, we know that about 10% of moms can't reach, a full, reach that full milk supply. Um, and so formula certainly has its place um, in, in those situations. Okay, so according to the CDC, you know, 80% of moms start off breastfeeding, but after six months, that number drops to 50%, and the American College of Pediatrics recommends that uh, women breastfeed for at least a year or more. Mm -hmm. That's just not doable for everybody, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's your advice to those people who, you know, maybe they can only get in a month or two. Is mm -hmm. that even okay, yeah. or is it enough? So research has shown that any amount of breast milk is beneficial, even drops, even just that colostrum that um, moms make at the very beginning, those early days is so rich in antibodies and really sets up a healthy gut microbiome um, for babies and has advantages. So I tell moms every drop counts um, and no matter how they get that breast milk, if it's via a bottle or direct breastfeeding, it still has benefits. So I like to focus on how much breast milk the baby's getting. So if I do have moms that are struggling with low supply, I say to them, you know, you are making half of what baby needs um, via breast milk, and that's great, and that has benefits. And I think we need to, you know, focus on that rather than this all or nothing um, approach. I think we also need to look at those barriers and why, you know, why are those rates dropping? And I do find it interesting that it's around that three month mark that we see a big drop off. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with returning to work. That's, you know, a pretty typical um, time frame for maternity leave or paternity leave. Um, and so I think making sure that we have supportive practices when moms go back to work, making sure that they're able to pump, um, they have a space that's private, clean, um, giving them that time that they need to pump and provide that milk to baby. Um, I think, you know, speaking from my own experience, I think uh, there's this perception out there that, um, pumping is a break from work. <laughs> and I will tell you firsthand, it's, it's, it's a labor of love. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not um, like your lunch break or, you know, fun. So I, the moms are really taking those breaks because they want to provide that breast milk to baby. So I think as colleagues, um, if you are a, a leader and an employer in your company, making sure that we're supporting moms when they go back to work, if their goal is to continue to provide that breast milk, doing all we can 
to really support them in that. That's definitely one of the reasons the CDC lists of why women stop breastfeeding. But the number one issue is issues with lactation and latching. Um, and like you said, they don't make enough milk for, for the baby to, uh, or they're struggling to yeah. nurse. Yeah. Your advice. Sure. So support, support, support. Um, and I really think, you know, support needs to be um, accessed early on. It's so much easier to course correct um, when moms see us early on rather than when, you know, everything is kind of like supply is down, baby's not latching, baby's losing weight. So we even do prenatal visits where we bring moms in who are pregnant and expecting. We go through a risk analysis um, to determine are there risks for challenges that you might have with breastfeeding and how can we best prepare for those and navigate those challenges. Um, so the earlier, the better for sure. I think getting support from trained professionals is so important. So um, professionals that have a background with some sort of lactation certification, such as an IBCLC, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So moms are getting information from social media um, and, and there's just a lot of not evidence-based information and they, they're coming in and they're like, what do I believe? I read this, I read this. And some things can do actually more harm than good. Um, I also am a firm believer, believer that we should be treating these dyads just as we do anyone else who comes in with a cough, for example. You know, do we give everyone that comes in with a cough in an albuterol inhaler? So it, it's not, it shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all approach. We need to figure out, um, you know, how is, how is breastfeeding going? Are there any challenges there? And what's the root cause of the challenge? So there's... So, like, the, the breastfeeding diet is so complex. You know, it's um, the mom, the baby, the family, um, societal pressures. We have to look at everything in context, and we have to figure out, you know, is this an issue with supply? Is this an issue with the baby transferring? Um, there's so many, you know, root causes of challenges, and management really should be tailored um, to whatever we discover is that root cause of that challenge, but also keeping in mind that patient's goals, their support system. So uh, management plans should really be um, unique to that, to that patient. So I'm a firm believer in getting that support, finding someone who will take the time to really tease that out. What's going on here? What do we think is the root cause of your challenges and what are your goals moving forward? The second reason women stop uh, breastfeeding, it, it's about infant nutrition and weight. Baby isn't growing fast enough. Is that a common reason that you're seeing as well? Yeah, I think first you need to make sure is there a problem? Like I said, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, especially when you have your first child. Um, a lot of people are surprised to know that baby doesn't need a lot of milk at the beginning, like drops are normal, and then that supply slowly increases. Um, so first, it's really important to seek you know, medical care appropriately, follow up, have close follow up and know, you know, one, is there a problem? Is my baby truly not, you know, getting enough milk? And then if they aren't, again, trying to figure out why. Is this a supply problem? If it's a supply problem, giving mom a nipple shield is not gonna help. So you have to really figure out, you know, what is the root cause of the problem? Bottom yeah. line is 
everyone else needs to support mom. Yes. <laughs> mom needs to understand that she is not alone and help is available and she really just needs to ask for it. Yes, 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 All right. yes. Dr. Suji, thank you so much. Great information. Thank you so much. So we know the benefits of breast milk, but what if you can't breastfeed your baby? This is common among moms whose babies are born premature because their milk hasn't come in yet. Take a look at this report from our station KGW in Portland, Oregon. For most new moms, breast milk for their babies is relatively easy to provide. And for some mothers, it's not so simple and even impossible to produce themselves, especially if their babies are born early. But the milk is important. In some babies, the medically fragile babies, um, human milk is the only option for them. So uh, it means that they would die without it. Um, it's essential to their survival. The good news is some women produce more milk than they need for their own. That's where milk donation comes in. Northwest Mother's Milk Bank is based in Tigard and serves the entire Northwest, collecting, pasteurizing, and dispensing donated mother's milk to babies with a medical need. Now, working with the nonprofit, Legacy Salmon Creek Medical Center is the first donor milk distribution site in Southwest Washington. It works thanks to generous donors like Karina Zukov. Now, how much how much milk have you donated? Like, where are we at? Where are we at on that? Uh, Thirty gallons. <laughs> yeah. Karina donated for three months to give that much. She says it was important to give back after her milk came in. It's a way to say thank you. She relied on donor milk for her daughter and for her son, who was born two months premature. To those women who donated, like it, it makes me tear up. Just, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> and um, it meant so much because um, my babies needed it couldn't survive without it. The milk in the Legacy Salmon Creek Pharmacy is here for any mom with a referral or prescription. Kim Roby is another mom who benefited from donated human milk. Her two daughters were born six weeks early before Kim could provide. With them being so premature and so little that giving them those benefits would definitely benefit them in the future um, and help them grow and be the big babies they are now. Donated mother's milk, not the first thing you think of at the pharmacy. Um, well, we know that human milk is the gold standard of nutrition for babies. But with its key woman-made ingredients, it is best for babies. Tim Gordon, KGW News. A lot of women helping women, and if you take anything from today's show, it would be just that. Help each other out and keep up the support. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Prescription for Life. We'll be right back here next week, and until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.